This episode of The Bubble Lounge is brought to you by The Lumen, a Dallas boutique hotel across from SMU. Welcome to The Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And Nellie, have you ever met somebody in your life that they literally have accomplished so many things and they just have this list a mile long of all these amazing achievements and you're like, you know what? I better get after it. (laughs) Yes, I have. And I especially love our guest on the show today, Leonard Volk. Uh, And I have an affinity for older people who've made such an impact in the world over so many years. Well, we just had such a wonderful time talking with him. His uh, daughter is Allison Volk with Volk PR, one of our good friends who we love working with. And she kept talking about how amazing her dad was. And we're just like, we got to have this guy on. Well, and he's such a, the Volk family is such a part of Dallas history. You know, from the very beginning, I think he'll, he'll tell us guys, but started in the late 1800s with shoe stores, went on with architecture, were a big part of forming the Dallas Inner City Help Society. They're a big part of the Dallas Historical Society and the Dallas Public Library. Well, you know, it's so rare that you have the opportunity to talk to somebody who has literally been a part of history and to hear their stories. It's just incredible. I just feel like we, as modern day people, you don't have the stories that they used to have. It's true. And uh, guys, you're going to love to hear all about Highland Park Village because he had a big impact on it. He sure did. And his family also played a big role in developing Volk Estates. Mm-hmm. So let's welcome Leonard Volk. Leonard, welcome to the show. Thank you. I mean, you really are sort of a Dallas, I want to say national treasure, but a state treasure, let's say. (laughs) Well, you're very kind. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little bit, like, you know, having you, honestly, you really are your family, history, et cetera, is such a big part of Dallas. Tell us a little bit about how that started. Well, it started when my grandfather, uh, who was, um, who came from Baltimore, um, came to Dallas in, in uh, 89. And, um, 1889? Yes. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> uh, he bought a uh, shoe store mm-hmm. and uh, started Vogue Brothers mm-hmm. at that time because he and, and his brother uh, ran this, uh, this small shoe store on Elm Street. And they, they moved several times up uh, up Elm Street. This was back in the olden days. Yes, I'm picturing like dirt roads. Yeah, this was and horse and buggies. Long before, and fi- finally, finally, when uh, when my my father was uh, was uh, heading the company, uh, he had uh, George Dahl design a store for 1806 810. Elm Street mm-hmm. and opened it in 1930. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. So the original business was the shoe business. Yes. Okay. Because just for the audience, the shoe store. Yes. Right. Okay. Great. And then, what was the store in Highland Park Village? Well, actually, the store in Highland Park Village. Let me tell you, there's a little background story about okay. that. It's like um, my dad was um, uh, thinking about. Uh, about a suburban store. This was at a time when no downtown merchant had a store mm-hmm. in the suburbs. And Stanley Marcus uh, talked to my dad about it. He said, you're crazy to do this. All you're going to do is reduce the, the sales of your downtown store. Well, dad opened a shop in Highland Park Village, which was uh, was new then, and, um, and, uh, and then opened 
a second store later on, at Live Oak and Skillman, and then Stanley built the first <laughs> the first uh, Neiman Marcus store in, on Preston Road uh, after that. So wow. he, he kind of followed your lead of expanding out That's after he right. said, don't exactly. do it. Well, here's what I want to know. I read that you guys offered really unique and interesting experiences to get people into the store, and I saw a mention of a monkey. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, we had several suburban stores, and uh, two of them had monkeys. <laughs> and and, and uh, the uh, the Live Oak store had a uh, a small fish pond by the the entrance door, uh, goldfish and stuff like that. And um, and but uh, two of them had monkeys and and uh, glass enclosures to entertain the. The visitors. That's actually genius. And I, I went to your book signing uh, oh. a few months ago. And um, I wondered, it was your birthday. And I wondered, why didn't you have a monkey then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like on your shoulder, greeting people. <laughs> no, no the, monk, the monkeys were always in a, a glass enclosure. Okay. They, they didn't mix with, the, uh, with us fiats. With the patrons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, monkeys just, can be a handful. I, I think that's so brilliant because now they do all sorts of things to lure people into the stores, and it's all about getting that Instagram picture, but you were doing it before there was any Instagram. Yeah. And uh, my my father was very friendly, gregarious person, and uh, and uh, loved to meet the public, and uh, they always had uh, Christmas decorations like Christmas trees and things like that. And he uh, he he loved it, the, the times when uh, when he could uh, uh, give out gifts at the at, at the uh, at Christmas time mm-hmm. to uh, kids in the neighborhood. He was he was a, he was a, a very very friendly gregarious person. So I understand you were very involved in the early days of Highland Park Village and even participated in part of the redesign. And I'm just so curious because I love going there. What it used to be like was it mainly retail and just a little bit of restaurants or what was the layout like? The layout was the way it is now. Okay. It was a uh, uh, it was like. Uh, the, the town square with a with an island in the middle of uh, that was double loaded, and with a theater at the end. That same theater. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your family's involvement in Volk Estates. I was named for my grandfather, mm-hmm. Leonard William Volk, so I am the second. Yes. And uh, he bought land. In University Park, mm-hmm. uh, f- from uh, Southern Methodist University, mm-hmm. and asked Dad to uh, to make a subdivision of it, mm-hmm. uh, which he did, and uh, it, it it was called um, Brookside, and uh, he called it Brookside. Mm-hmm. Everybody else called it Volk Estates. Okay, okay. <laughs> and and Dad sold every single lot in that subdivision except one. Personally, he sold them personally. Wow. Uh, this was in the depths of the Depression. I mean, wow. this this was in like like uh, from twenty nine or thirty three or something some, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he he sold them all for. Uh, very little money because mm-hmm. it was very tight. But he was a good salesman, and he, and he persevered, and he sold every one except one. 
himself personally. One of them he kept had a house built on it for us to live in mm -hmm. by I. Gaden Thompson. It was a, a, a lovely house that uh, Florence, Florence was my sister, my older sister, mm -hmm. and we, we kind of grew up in that, uh, in, in that house and that neighborhood. Well, and they, and he was they, a smart cookie to buy UP <laughs> at that time. Yeah. I yeah. bet SMU is disappointed now. They're always wanting to expand. They're probably disappointed they sold all that land. Yeah. Yeah. So you grew up in Dallas, but you ended up on the East Coast for education. I wanted to be like my dad. Mm -hmm. And I, I followed him to uh, to Andover for two years. The two, uh, the two unhappiest uh, years of my life. Mm -hmm. After I graduated from Andover... I went to Yale, which were it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a it opened all kinds of doors and and I I I loved it all the time that I was there and enjoyed it thoroughly. When I when I graduated from uh, from Yale, I I missed the graduation because I was in a hurry to get to Europe mm -hmm. because Dad had uh, offered me. Uh, offered to uh, send me to grad school if I wanted or to to travel and I selected travel and went to Europe and for the next 14 months I traveled in Europe uh, and this is when I um, on January 3rd of 1950 I bought a Leica camera in uh, in Germany, and from that time on, I was uh, I was taking photographs of things that I didn't want to forget, and and the uh, the ad identification with uh, with uh, with the photos has been uh, has been my career in photography since that time. As you can imagine, I have I have quite a uh, quite a lot of photos, quite a lot of memories, lots <laughs> lots photos. of memories. And my 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 book, however, called Every Day, is not really about me so much. The preface in my book is a greeting to readers because if you take photographs of subjects that you care strongly about, you will find that other people will care about them too, and you will become an artist. Well, and I'm looking at your book. Martha and I are looking at your book every day, photographs by Leonard Volk, right yeah. in front of us. I have it on my coffee table at home. And um, you just told me that this is now a part of the Beinecke Library right. at Yale, correct? Yes. yes. And as a matter of fact, they uh, printed one of the photographs for their Beinecke collection. How long did it take you to put the book together? Do you know? I don't remember because it, it was... A little bit at a time over a long period of time. So, but but it's a but it's a collection of, of photographs that I hope other people find stimulating because I'm trying to say to them, look, you can make your own, go out and do your thing, and you'll if you photograph things that you care about for or against, you will find other people will care about them too, and uh, you will enjoy it. It's such an inspiration. Yeah, my collection of, uh, of photographs is extensive and historic because the views from the 17th floor of uh, Park Towers doesn't exist anymore. 
due to all the construction in uptown. Mm-hmm. You can't see the downtown skyline anymore. Yeah. And uh, I have a lot of photographs of it and of uh, the city through all times of day from, from uh, dawn till, till dark and all lighting conditions. My collection of photographs is uh, historic. It is, and I noticed this one that we're looking at of, of the skyline, yeah. like you said. And it looks like it's the centerfold of your book. It's a nice you, big space. You can't see pages. this anymore. It doesn't exist it anymore. It doesn't look anything yeah. like that. It's all incredible. covered up. You've done so many things. Like, we literally don't have time to cover them all. But one of the things that I thought was really special about you is just your community service. And you've really done a lot to give back and make a difference in Dallas. There were three goal writers at the first Salado conference for Goals for Dallas. I was one of them. Uh, another one was, uh, was uh, I think, the regional head or associated to press. And a third one had been a, a, a uh, speechwriter for Lyndon Johnson. And I was a young purple snapper. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I did lots of, lots of writing, goal writing, I was the uh, chairman of the the uh, task force on uh, design of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I, w- I led uh, led group meetings to discuss drafts of uh, of, of the goals and to uh, to uh, enc- encourage people to submit their uh, their ideas for uh, for goals. So uh, I had a, uh, a lively career over over years involved in goals for Dallas. And one of those goals was helping the inner city, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wrote detailed um, articles about uh, about inner city neighborhoods and their and their uh, the complexity of their interlocking problems mm-hmm. and how they they are. You can't really deal with them one at a time. They need to be uh, dealt with in connection as a as a group. Mm-hmm. And and I was never able to uh, to to uh, get that started, but it still is true. So Leonard, if people want to see the Volk family history. Uh, and all the things that you've just shared with us, they can see them in the archives at the Dallas Library, correct? Yes. The, um, my archives are at the Historical Society mm-hmm. and at the Dallas Public Library System. And I'll include links so you all can easily find all of these things, his book and the archives and everything that we've talked about. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's your part of history. And speaking of that, I don't, I don't even know, I don't like to ask people how old they are. Uh, but, um, but you've been, you've been around for a while, and you are a very dapper, handsome, active man. Tell us how somebody follows in your footsteps that way. Stay happy. <laughs> no, no, it's like, uh, it's like I'm, I'm a happy man and, and have always been. And and I, um, uh, well, every day is a blessing. Mm-hmm. I'm 94 now. Okay. And uh, and uh, enjoying every day of my life. Yeah. And you've got Allison. And I, I and, and I've uh, well, Allison is a peach. I know she is. She, <laughs> she, I'm going to call her that from now on. 
I'm going to be like, Allison, you're such a peach. Allison is, <laughs> Allison is the best. I keep telling her that. I think so, too. We agree with you. So she posts a lot of videos of you uh, talking about your full he- head of hair and that you have kind of some tips and tricks of how you have that much hair. Well, my father was a handsome man, but he went bald uh, fairly fairly early. And uh, seeing him go bald, I started when I was when I was young, brushing my scalp mm-hmm. regularly, mm-hmm. and have been doing it ever since. And I I still have. Uh, a beautiful head of hair. I still have have hair at my age, and I and I, I continue to uh, to uh, brush my scalp, and it works. <laughs> that sounds easy enough. Sean, did you get that message? <laughs> <laughs> brush away. <laughs> well, Leonard, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. It has been so much fun just hearing the history and everything that you've done in your life. And honestly, I feel like a little bit of a slacker and like I need to do a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you really are. You and your family are really a part of the history of Dallas. But not only that, I always really look up to people who are in their 90s and as an inspiration. And you are a true inspiration. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That's been another episode of The Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo, and we'll catch you next time. 